0: Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popowitch Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770.
1: Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and more than money. And we're talking, uh, we're talking bonds, global bonds, fixed income.
0: Ow! Yeah. Exciting.
1: That is exciting. I'm, okay, yeah, I'm glad you're getting on board. I'm that's getting That's awesome. There I'm getting there. DJ Faisal is going to start <laughs> making it rain over there about bonds. I like it. Um, okay, <laughs> we got Chuck Tomes with us. He's the trader at Manulife Asset Management, a key member of the team that's responsible for strategic uh, income trading. And, Chuck, you gave us, I think, a pretty good background, uh, a little bit of background about uh, 2017, how it shaped up, uh, some of the surprises, and a little bit about uh, the fact that the the bond market is global, and there are places that you can go either to hide in the times of being defensive or pursue opportunities. I think you did a good job of explaining that. I'm interested um, to continue the conversation here from a portfolio management perspective because one of the concerns that uh, the people we talk to um, in, in Calgary all the time is this rising interest rate environment. That must mean that you should have no bonds in your portfolio because that asset class just simply isn't going to work. I'd like you just to maybe address that from a from a portfolio discipline perspective about where fixed income fits in a portfolio, and then we'll address this issue about what, what can we expect.
2: Absolutely. And when you think about fixed income and what role does it play in an overall asset allocation for our portfolio? it hasn't changed than it was historically. Historically, it's always been the part of the allocation that is really that volatility dampener that you can count on and what it should be is still going forward that you can count on to produce a consistent return profile with a lot less volatility than the equity side. Now, when we were talking about earlier, also people reaching for yield or not understanding the risks that are associated with going out to try to get that yield we fully are of the mindset that people if they want to take risk take it on the equity side of their allocation because the upside is much greater in fixed income your upside is somewhat capped or you buy a bond at par so at 100 you clip the coupon so you get the interest from the coupon and then If you do pick the right bond, you get your money back at maturity. Uh, As you mentioned earlier, the downside risk is asymmetric, where a bond, if it does default, it quickly goes from 100 cents on the dollar to the historical average is 40 cents on the dollar very quickly. Um, When we think about what we want going forward is still to have an overall asset allocation for our portfolio that still provides that consistent return profile that if there is a risk-off environment on the equity side of the allocation, they can still rely on our fixed income allocation to provide that volatility dampening effect and produce a consistent return profile with fixed income-like volatility. So volatility that is still um, like what they've historically seen in fixed income. So that's kind of what we feel people need to look for for their fixed income allocation. The role it plays, it still is that that portion of the allocation people can, can count on if there is a risk-off type of environment, which there are plenty of risks uh, in the global economy right now as to why that type of allocation is still important.
1: And Faisal, you're you're, you're an equity guy. I mean, uh, <clears throat> you're, I dabble. I dabble. You're, you're the growth guy on our team. and. <laughs> right, uh, you got the guts for this. I'm a little more chicken than you are. So, t- you know, maybe give us a sense of in the equity markets when we talk about volatility. Right, what what does that mean?
0: Yeah. So when I look at the the, the terminology of volatility, it's not only when things go wrong in the market or the economy it's what a stock or an individual position reacts to given certain news so let's take for example you know one of the most high flying stocks out there this year has been apple now apple did very well prior to the announcement of their of their release of iphone uh, the new iPhones and then we started seeing it pull back these are reactions on the hypothetical of what could happen in the future. These are assumptions that our investors are making on the future. It's not based only on what the information is, is available today. Right. And so when you look at volatility, I look at the extreme levels from peak to trough. And and even if we take a broader stock market like the TSX, I've seen a stock market in Canada go up 86%, and I've seen it fall 40%. So you get that kind of a range. That's volatility. That's something you need to understand and over a 12 month period that the TSX can from 86 positive down to negative 39.
1: Yeah, so it is the depth of that fall. Now, um, Chuck. I want to go back to you because the <clears throat> the second part of the question that we always get in people's you know uh, investors' concerns is that you can't make any money in bonds, right? So the, we've got a rising interest rate environment, and everybody knows that as interest rates go up, bonds go down. Right? Why isn't it that simple?
2: So it's not that simple because there are fixed income securities the easiest way. There are some fixed income securities that do well in a rising rate environment. So they could be securities that have structures where they're fixed to floating pay, step up coupon. uh, So they have optionality around interest rates. So the easiest one people always point to are bank loans. So bank loans, they pay a set rate over uh, LIBOR. So looking at if you are are in a rising green environment those bonds will do well um same with step up coupons so they're the better of the stated coupon or libor plus x amount of basis points so uh you know in the sensitivity to interest rates that if things go up, they both do better. Um, Also, outside of there, just because it's a rising rate environment here in North America doesn't mean, as we mentioned, it's a rising rate environment everywhere in the world. Uh, Like we mentioned, uh, there are opportunities. I mentioned Indonesia. Um, There are some other opportunities on a global basis where you could potentially see uh, interest rates being cut. So there are opportunities elsewhere. Then you can also have you put in interest rates. Risk, uh sorry, foreign exchange risk, right. where that is a significant risk that just because you've seen the Canadian dollar strengthen versus the U.S. dollar recently doesn't mean it's going to be strengthening versus every country's currency on a global basis uh, either. So there are going to be opportunities from a total return perspective where you could see the Canadian dollar, even if it does appreciate versus the U.S. dollar, it could depreciate versus another country's currency, which, from a total return perspective and fixed income, do better as well as you uh, look on a global basis.
1: Okay, so that's sexy talk for me, but but what what we're basically <laughs> talking about is there's yes. you know there's there's a lot of different kinds of bonds, right? So um, it's a bit like uh, in the stock market, Faisal. If you don't like oil and gas for whatever reason, you just go to a different sector. So you have the ability to buy different bonds that behave differently relative to interest rate moves or whatever the case may be. Chuck also said you've got a global mandate. So if you've got a rising interest rate here, uh, maybe the place to go is to Australia or some other place globally where you can protect yourself against that. So it's not as simple as a rising interest rate environment in Canada means bonds go negative, unless you're 100% Government, uh, government of Canada bonds, right? That's I think that's an important takeaway. Can I ask you, Chuck, to give us a perspective? <clears throat> so based on a go-forward position from today, looking out over the next 12 months and what you expect mm-hmm. on interest rate increases and in economics, um, give us a sense of, of the, with the style of, of bond investing that uh, you and the team do, what do you expect from a return perspective? And we're not putting your feet to the fire looking for an exact number, but what kind okay. of a range you know, would you expect?
2: Yes. So when we think about our overall allocation, we think about the environment we're in today and with our extreme focus on capital preservation first and total return second, that's the way we've always run this strategy and we want to minimize drawdowns, but we have a defensive posture on the portfolio that we want to protect against this interest rate risk. We also want to be sensitive to the risks that are out in the global fixed income universe as a whole. So right now we feel very comfortable saying over the next 12 months, we would be comfortable saying 3 to 5% return net of fees on the advisor series would be very doable. Mm-hmm. With that said, if we do get times of volatility, because we are looking to preserve capital first and foremost, that could create opportunities, and we're waiting for those opportunities to present themselves, because right now, as I mentioned, we just don't feel we're getting paid for the risks that we're taking in some areas of global fixed income. But if we do see that opportunity, we can quickly change our allocation to take advantage of those opportunities, and we'd be back into the 4 to 6% return net of fees area that we've historically looked to deliver in. So 3 to 5% return net of fees right now, but easily could make the case to be back in the 4 to 6% return net of fees area.
1: All right, Chuck, we're going to have to leave it there. I want to thank you on that note for uh, taking some time with us. No, thank you guys for having me, as always. All right. We've been joined by Chuck Tullam's trader uh, and a key member of the asset, manual uh, Manulife asset management team responsible for strategic income trading. And I know that you know, kind of a three to five or a four to six percent return characteristic, fazel to an equity guy. Uh, not, not super. Ex- it's not super exciting. It's nope. it's not sexy talk to you. But nope. but uh, I got to tell you, in an environment that uh, where where people think that there's a simple correlation between a rising interest rate in Canada and you're going to get killed in bonds or you're not going to make any money. A 3 to 5, a 4 to 6 doesn't sound that bad. Well, again,
0: you're only talking about the, po- the, the rate of return perspective. What right. we're missing out on the equation is when we're looking at an investment vehicle is no different than a regular car or vehicle that you're driving on the road. You do need your brakes and your gas, and you also need your airbag in the event of a crash. And so if my airbag in my investment portfolio is growing between 3 and 5% and will protect me in the event of a major crash, I'm happy with that. I don't like the three to five percent because it's not growing for me, but that's not the objective of a fixed income piece in our in our five pillar portfolio, yeah. right yeah. Not the, the objective of that
1: is to give you some decent return. but more importantly, protect you in the event of a crash. All right, you silver-tongued devil, before we wrap this up, let's remind everybody about our upcoming seminar because we're going to talk about this, this all of this stuff and how to put it all together into a plan that supports a lifestyle.
0: You know, when you look at a five-pillar investment strategy approach and you look at how the growth of your portfolio has higher risk when you retire, has higher risk when you're looking at income, you need to see a way to actually minimize that risk or bulletproof the retirement. And that's what we're going to talk about on Tuesday, October 24th, 7 p.m., at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine Spirits and Beer. Now you need to reserve your seats, so give us a call, 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website at morethanmoneyradio.com.
1: Stick around after the break. You want to hear this. We're going to talk to an accountant about the tax changes that were just announced, and what do they mean to you? This on Newstalk 770 and More Than Money.